0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the religious leaders. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answered, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him may not perish but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Here we have the very beginning, the very, very beginning, the very first day and I don't know about you, but my imagination begins to kick in when I hear images like this. I begin to imagine what might it look like to separate the night from the day. What might it look like to separate the light from the darkness? Were light and dark intermingled like chocolate and vanilla swirl in a cone. And God just kind of reached in and somehow pulled them apart. What did that look like? Why did that happen? Now clearly you and I have some understanding that the writers of Genesis were more than likely just trying to make sense of the world around them. They were trying to make sense out of why light happened and why darkness happened. So fast forward some 1,500 years, and we have the gospel according to St. John. The fourth gospel. And John, the author, is still playing around with this idea of light and dark. It even begins with that idea In John's prologue, John 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. This is, is a major theme in the Gospel of John, the Gospel that we hear this morning. And it's that theme of light and dark. And John is playing around with it all of the time throughout his Gospel. In John's Gospel, those who know and follow Jesus are in the light. And those who do not know and follow Jesus are in the dark. So we have a very clear example of this in our reading this morning, in this third chapter. There's a man named Nicodemus. Nicodemus, he's a Pharisee. He is a part of the Jewish leadership of the day. And we all know that Pharisees are these keepers of the law. And I love this guy, Nicodemus. He's one of my favorite characters in scriptures. He's not mentioned anywhere prior to this point, but evidently he wants to meet Jesus. I imagine him kind of lurking around and wondering, who is this guy? I imagine him kind of skirting around and sitting in the corner and being like, who is he? What is he talking about? And when does, Jesus, when does Nicodemus show up to talk to Jesus? In the dark of night, right? So in the cover of darkness, Nicodemus dares finally, finally to approach this leader, a fellow teacher, rabbi. And they have a conversation. Nicodemus admits that Jesus is an enlightened teacher that no one can do these things without God's presence and help and Jesus says absolutely what's more no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above now there's an interesting Greek thing going on here and the word therefore born from above can also be born again, born anew, born from above, born again. Nicodemus says, how can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? So Nicodemus is stuck in that very literal place about being born from above, born again. He's gone to a very literal place and Jesus is challenging him to think more expansively. The type of being born to which Jesus is referring is not about a literal second birth. It is about changing the way that one experiences and perceives life. It is about moving from darkness into light. Nicodemus is presented in this way because I believe he represents a very young, evolving faith. He is not yet able to embrace the enormity of Jesus' presence and mission in creation. Nicodemus is not yet able to see the bigger picture, which is that Jesus came to be lifted ...on the cross for the whole world. And then there's that really interesting reference... ...to what Moses did, right? Lifting up the serpent. That's a story that happens after the Exodus... ...when the Israelites had been bitten by these snakes. And Moses lifts up a sculpture of a snake. And whoever looks upon that snake will be healed. So John is borrowing from that image and saying that Jesus is going to do the same thing. By Jesus being lifted high upon the cross, what will happen? Humanity will be healed. The relationship between God and God's people will be healed. When He's lifted up, humanity will be born again. So if Nicodemus had had an ancient way of doing this, his mind was blown. His mind was blown. Nicodemus was in the dark because he couldn't quite get his mind around what Jesus was all about. But he's beginning to get a glimpse now. And you know, I think that there are a lot of people out there In our world today, just like Nicodemus, they are skirting around the sidelines. They are keeping their eye on us. They are wondering what we are all about. They're wondering why we do what we do and say what we say. They wonder why we worship the way that we do. They wonder why we help the people we help. They wonder why we feed the people we feed. And when they hear words like born again, they wonder if they're being set up, if it's a trap. And that's why I love people like Nicodemus, because they are brave enough to come up and ask, What's going on here? What's happening in that place? where you gather every Sunday morning. I love people like Nicodemus who are vulnerable enough to admit that they're not quite sure that they have all the answers. And I love people like Nicodemus who are willing to ask questions. I mean, heck, let's face it, I am Nicodemus. Many of us are Nicodemus. We're always being given opportunities to be born again. And that's the thing about God in our particular expression of faith. Being a born-again person isn't a one-and-done thing. Being born again is ongoing. It's a process. And it happens every day when we are awakened to the ways that God is acting in our lives. Nicodemus is simply a figure that represents a growing, evolving faith. He thought he was done with education... He thought he was done with stretching. He thought he was done with learning. But as Jesus often does, gives him a whole new thing to think about. Over the years, humanity continues to wrestle with stories about light and darkness. They are strong and powerful forces. Even in our psalm this morning, we hear about the sun by day. And the moon by night. And there's one particular story that I like to tell during Lent. You'll hear it again. And it's a story about the decisions around light and darkness. And it involves two wolves. It comes from our native sisters and brothers. And it goes like this. One evening, an elderly Cherokee brave... Tells his grandson about a battle that goes on inside of all people. He says, My son, the battle is between two wolves. One wolf is evil it is anger, envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self pity, guilt. Resentment, inferiority, lies, and ego. The other wolf is good. It is joy, peace, love, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. The grandson thinks a little bit about all of this and then asks his grandfather which wolf wins and the old cherokee simply replies the one that you feed as we wander through lent we are called to be aware of which wolf gets the most attention unlike jesus we won't always get it right We will sometimes feed the wrong wolf, but never forget, just as Jesus was there for Nicodemus in his dark night, so Jesus is there for you when times are dark and confusing, and Jesus is always there showing us what it looks like to feed the good wolf. And when we pay attention to the ways in which Jesus is calling us to feed that good wolf, to pay attention to ourselves, our neighbor, to feed the hungry and clothe the naked and continue to learn and stretch, then we'll understand what it truly means to be born again and again and again and again.